are in the second week of a series called Truth. Turn to your neighbor and say, Truth. Truth. Second week. Now, if you're like, oh no, I wasn't here last week. I missed the first week. I'm going to be completely lost. You're not going to be lost. I'm going to give you a very quick recap, and you're going to be right up to speed with your friends. And also, I'm really, really excited about this, guys. It's something we've been wanting to do for a while, and we finally got all the pieces in order. Uh, we're now streaming all of our messages and worship to our Teen Quest YouTube channel. And so, uh, man, thanks to Cole and, and our media team here on Sunday mornings, we now can do that and pull that off. And so if you're sitting here right now and you're like, man, this is the second week I missed last week, go back, go to the Teen Quest YouTube channel, subscribe, do all the things, and you can watch that full message. Uh, if you've got a friend, you know, that, that maybe it's like, man, I, they're not going to come to church. I've been trying to invite them. They're not going to show up to church. Maybe now you can go, hey, just at least just watch some of the videos. And so from here on out, uh, we're going to be streaming our, our messages and worship so that you guys can check that out. Uh, but this is the second week. Let me just kind of recap you really quick where, where we were at in week one. Uh, in week one, we launched this series, and we asked a crucial question. And does anybody remember that question? What is truth? You get a gold star. What is truth? We asked the question, what is truth? And ultimately, we navigated our way through that question and came to the conclusion that truth is not a What? That truth is a who, and do you remember who the truth is? Jesus. Jesus is the truth, and because of that, we can conclude three things. That truth is relational. We can know truth. We don't have to wonder. We can know Jesus, and so we can know truth. Truth is unchanging. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and so that means what he said is true back then is true now, and ultimately, that truth is life-giving. Jesus said the truth. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so when we're confused and don't know what to do, man, when we look at our Savior, when we look at Jesus, we know the truth and that sets us free. Tonight I want to ask another question in regards to truth. And the question is this. Is Christianity true? Is Christianity true? I want you to think about that for a second. Right now you have an answer, I hope, in your mind. Is Christianity true? I'm not concerned with what that answer is. I just hope that you have an answer. Is Christianity true? Now, if you would say, yes, Christianity is true, then my follow-up question to that is, why do you believe it's true? Why do you believe Christianity is true? Is it because you grew up in a Christian home? That's all you ever really have known? Is it because one message that, that a pastor did one time really spoke to you? Why do you believe Christianity is true? If you're here today and you go, no, I don't believe Christianity is true, my follow-up question to that would be, why do you believe Christianity is not true? Why do you believe that? Uh, and I, was, I want you to know, too, if you're here today and you don't believe that Christianity is true, man, I want you to know that we are honored that you're here and, and you belong even if you don't believe. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you find Teen Quest to not only be a fun place uh, for you to hang out, but it's also a safe place where you can just process uh, and, and wrestle with life's questions. And, and we love you and we want you here. But perhaps a bigger question than is Christianity true is why do I believe that Christianity is true or not true? Have you ever actually tested it? I think the best way to have confidence in something that is true is to test it against the claims that it's not true. If I believe that something's true, the only way I can really have confidence that that thing is true is I need to test it against things and claims that it's not true. And so let me just kind of tell you what I did this week in preparation for this message so you kind of know where I'm coming from. I decided for myself, Aaron, why do I believe Christianity to be true? Have I really taken... Some, some committed and devoted time to test it. And so I decided I was going to test it. And I'll be honest with you, my approach was kind of like this. I'm going to try to convince myself by looking at evidence 
that Christianity is not true. I'm going to try to get to the end of this week and go, you know what, I don't think Christianity is true. Here's why I would do that. Because my thought is, if Christianity is true, like I believe it to be, then I should be able to test it against other religions, against skeptics, against atheists, and and what they claim. And if at the end of that, I've run it through all those filters, if at the end of that I still say, and I think the best possible and plausible explanation for why we exist, uh, for why we're here, for why I might have purpose or not have purpose, right? What happens when you die? If the most logical explanation to that, after all that, still points me to Christianity, then I'm convinced that Christianity is true. Well, now, obviously, spoiler alert, I'm still here. I'm still a youth pastor. So, yes, I do believe that Christianity is true. Uh, this week, I have spent more time this week looking at different religions. Uh, I've spent more time this week looking and, and researching scientific evidence, philosophical evidence, historical evidence. I wanted to know, is there anything outside of Scripture that points to Christianity being true? I've listened to more uh, debates and atheist lectures than this week than I think I ever have. Somebody who doesn't believe in God. In fact, I kind of chuckled to myself at one point because I was writing a message for our youth ministry while an atheist lecture was playing in the background. But ultimately, I came to a place where I'm more convinced, guys, than ever that Christianity is true. Now, I want to be clear, this message is not I'm right, you're wrong. This, this message is not I've discovered all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You're still going to have questions after this message. I still have questions. Uh, this is not in any way one of those things. This, tonight, what I want to present to you is three reasons, three arguments why I'm convinced that the best plausible explanation for life's biggest question is that Christianity is true, man. I believe that Christianity is true. When we get done with this, you're going to have questions. Uh, I'm going to present to you my, my three, I think, what are the three best arguments, even beyond Scripture, scientifically, historically. I'm going to give you the best three examples I think that Christianity is true. Are there more? Absolutely. But for time's sake, I've, I've picked what I think are the three best, and I want to present those arguments to you. Now, here's my goal for that. Let's say you're here today and and you're a Christian. You say, yes, I believe Christianity to be be true. I may not know necessarily how to answer why I believe that, but I do believe Christianity to be true. My goal for you is this, that when I present to you these three reasons, these three arguments why I believe Christianity to be true, is that that would strengthen your faith. Uh, Man, my my hope and prayer, what I've been praying all week, what your leaders have been, been praying, is that you would walk out of these doors and you would go, you know what, I have good reason to believe what I believe. Outside of, I just grew up in America, and it's kind of what Christians do, or it's what Americans do. Like, you would walk out of here and go, I have really, I have good reasons. I have my own good reasons for why I believe this to be true. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, my goal for you is that you would walk out of here hearing these, and that, that would give you a great place to start as you wrestle with these questions on your own. Uh, that, that, that if I might very humbly present to you, here's what I think are, as a Christian, are three best reasons why you, you should start here. If you start anywhere and try to wrestle with that question for yourself, is Christianity true? You start with these three things. And ultimately, my goal for you is that you would question these things. That you would research it on your own. That you would continue to seek truth. And my hope is that you would continue to do that with us here. That you would know that you have a safe place to wrestle with those questions. And so that's what I want to present to you today. If you're ready, say, let's go. So, okay, three of you are ready. All right. Reason number one why I believe Christianity to be true is something came from nothing. Something came from nothing. Now, this is probably going to 
shoot me in the back a little bit or shoot me in the foot, but I'm assuming with this age group, we all know where babies come from. Just un, don't, your hands are kind of, I know some of you probably still got some confusion, right? Um, but, but here's the thing, don't worry, we're not going to go there, we're not going to talk about that tonight. Um, but what I mean by that is you know that there's not some magical factory in the sky that's pumping out babies and some magical stork, you know, grabs one up, which is probably like against child regulation laws or whatever, but grabs that, that baby up, drops it on the front door of a family. You know, you know that. You know that in order for a baby to show up, there's some things that got to happen, right? You know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. What you know is that things don't randomly pop into existence out of nothing. If I invite a magician here, and the magician starts with his classic trick. He pulls a rabbit out of a hat. You know that that was a magic trick. That was an illusion. There was something, there was some trickery that went on. You know that that, that rabbit didn't just manifest, that, that its fur, its bones, its heartbeat, its breath, and its lungs, it, all of that, it didn't just randomly pop into existence. Things don't randomly pop into existence out of nothing. If you happen to show up here tomorrow morning after, you know, we've done Teen Quest, after we've had a full day of baptisms in church, and you come in here tomorrow morning, and you're walking through here, and there's a Dr. Pepper can or Dr. Pepper bottle sitting on one of these tables, you wouldn't go, wow, this thing popped out of nowhere. You would go, I bet somebody left this there. In fact, you could even probably process what you know to be true and probably come up with, I bet it came from Teen Quest. We were the last ones there. I know that this person loves Dr. Pepper. I sat right next to it. I saw them. You could probably come to a conclusion. You can't be 100% certain. But you got really good reason to believe, I think I know where that Dr. Pepper bottle came from. You know that, that things don't pop into existence out of nothing. It's because things don't pop into existence out of nothing, if something does exist, like a baby or a rabbit, like us, if something exists, that means there has to have been a cause for that existence. There had to have been a reason. There's a, a, a guy, a philosopher named William Lane Craig. He explains it like this. I love this. He says, number one, if something exists, it must have a cause for its existence. The universe began to exist. It has a beginning. So number three, therefore, the universe has a cause for existence. This is one of my favorite examples of science and Scripture working together. I think a lot of times we like to think that science and Scripture are at war with one another. But in fact, what Scripture said 3,400 years ago the author of Genesis declared that the, that the universe had a beginning. Science has confirmed that just in the last 60 years, that the universe had a beginning. And so the question becomes, what caused the universe to begin? Let's look at the evidence. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just going to restrict myself to what Scripture tells me. I'm going to go beyond that. Let's look at the evidence here. Well, the universe includes all space, time, matter, and energy. Therefore, the cause of the universe has to be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, and immensely powerful. The cause of the universe has to be something that's infinite, eternal. And so what describes an infinite, eternal, immaterial, and immensely powerful cause? I call it God. In fact, I was listening to one of these atheist debates in between a Christian and atheist. And, and, and again, this is not, I'm not trying to like knock anybody in that viewpoint. It was just interesting to me. Uh, this atheist at this one point was talking about trying to explain the cause of the universe. Was talking about, man, I believe we're here because there's a supercomputer uh, that that caused all this to happen. And the Christians like, okay, well, a supercomputer is made up of things. It's, it has matter. How can something that is made up of matter create more matter? Right? It doesn't. He goes, oh well, it's a special kind of computer. It's immaterial. It's all powerful. It's eternal. And he goes, oh, we believe the same thing. You just call a computer God. 
right? If something came from nothing, if the universe, I mean, science, I'm telling you, science and scripture are lining up on this, that the universe has a beginning. Now, I will say this, I recognize that this argument alone doesn't prove Christianity. I, I understand that. But I think it does give us really good scientific evidence for a transcendent supernatural being who caused the universe to exist. Scripture would say in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Science would at least go, you know what, I, yeah, the universe has a beginning. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. I want to jump to John 1, 1 through 3. We looked at this last week. In the beginning was the word, talking about Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. He created it. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Why do I believe Christianity to be true? Because for one, both science and scripture agree that something came from nothing. For me, the best plausible explanation for that is God. Argument number two, reason number two, order from chaos. Order came from chaos. How many of you, um, how, how many of you have a favorite shirt? Anybody got a favorite shirt? Right? Anybody wearing it right now? Wearing your favorite shirt? Okay. Um, you know, maybe you got that favorite shirt, and it's your favorite shirt because not only is it your favorite color, but it's like the right shade of, of that color, right? Like it's just right. Maybe that shirt is, is the, you know, your favorite brand, and, and they just killed the logo on this, right? Or it's uh, got the perfect design. It's, it's a shirt from your favorite band, and this time, man, they, they nailed the merch on this thing. It's just right. Maybe that shirt fits just right. It's not too tight. It's not too baggy, right? Maybe it's all three. This is the shirt. I'm talking about the shirt that you put on in the morning. You go to school, and can't nobody tell you nothing, right? Like, you know you look good. You, you look good. You feel good. You do good, right? It's that shirt that's just right, this argument, order from chaos, is sometimes called the just right argument. This is an argument that comes from the fact that the universe appears to be designed just right for the existence of life. So just right, so perfectly fine-tuned that it seems highly unlikely to have the product of random chance. Uh, Sean, Mac- Sean McDowell uh, was once an atheist, set out to prove Christianity wrong, and then ended up becoming a Christian, he said the fine-tuning of the universe points to a fine-tuner. Hugh Ross, a famous astrophysicist, physicist, he said this. He said, we're told by today's astrophysicists that there were close to, watch this, 150 variables that would need to be lined up perfectly in order for our universe to have come into existence. If any one of these variables, if any one of these 150 variables was off by even a million millionth, the slightest degree, matter would not be able to unite and hold together. There would have been nothing, no stars, no world, no people. Even most atheists would agree, and I've heard this all week, that the universe is so fine-tuned, atheists even describe it as miraculous. Here's just one example of one of these atheists, somebody who doesn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, doesn't believe in, that Christianity is true. Um, one example of these 150 variables, so his name is Roger Penrose. An atheist scientist, he calculated the likelihood of the universe having such a precise level of entropy that at the beginning of time, as 1 in 10 to the 10 to the 123rd power, this is just in one of these variables. And so for context, if you, uh, or for context, this measurement is so precise, if you wrote that number out, the zeros in that number would stretch from one end of the Milky Way to the other end. He concluded, you're more likely, this is, a, this is a person, this is an atheist, a non-believer, scientist. 
He said, you're more likely to win the lottery 10,000 times in a row and get struck by lightning every time you won than for these numbers to be as precise as they are. The universe seems to be so fine-tuned. In fact, I would lean towards, man, it takes more faith to not believe in a fine-tuner, to not believe in a creator than to believe in one. Now, again, this argument by itself does not prove with 100% certainty that God exists. I get that. But I think it serves as another piece of evidence. We can collect the evidence, and this serves as another piece that our universe is more likely the result of intelligent design than in random chance. Nowhere else in the universe can you find this level of design and precision. Well, Scripture's been saying this. We read Genesis 1. Let me continue on and, and include Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. There's nothing. There is no order. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Psalms tells us that the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. And day after day, they continue to speak, and night after night, they make him known. Why do I believe Christianity to be true? Well, one, I think science and Scripture both would agree that something came from nothing. That's pretty good evidence. And also, science and Scripture would agree that our universe is a universe of order rather than chaos. How many of you guys have heard, save the best for last? You ever heard that? All right, well, that's what I've done here tonight. I want to give you the last reason I believe Christianity to be true, why I'm convinced. Um, In fact, as I said, you know, this would be, I think, the three that I would present to somebody who doesn't believe. If I had to narrow it down to one, I said there's only one reason I can give you why I'm convinced, and you have to wrestle with that on your own. One reason I would go to this right here, that life came from death, man. Life from death. Paul, the Apostle Paul, said something really, really powerful in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. He said, this is so important, I hope you get this. He says, if Christ had not been raised, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, then all of our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and ultimately I think it's preacher's fault, it's our fault. But one of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity is that Christianity is based on a book. That Christianity is based on the Bible. Christianity is not founded on the Bible. Christianity is founded on an event, and that's the resurrection of Jesus. In other words, if there was no resurrection, as Paul would say, if Christ had not been raised, there is no Bible. The New Testament, the writers of the New Testament did not create the resurrection. The resurrection created the New Testament. These men, these followers of Jesus were convinced that he rose from the dead, and it compelled them to share that and to write that down. Your faith as a Christian is not based on a book. It's based on a historical event. This is unique. This is one of the reasons that Christianity is unique. There's many more, but this is one of the reasons that Christianity is unique among among all other major world religions because our faith is based on something that we're saying happened and took place in history. Hudson Smith said Christianity is basically an historical religion. That is to say, it's founded not on abstract principles, but on concrete events, actual historical happenings. In other words, the foundation of the Christian faith is the claim that something happened in history, that Jesus rose from the dead. So the question is, did Jesus really do it? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? If he didn't, Paul would say this whole thing, we we wrap this up right now, our faith is useless. But if Jesus actually rose from the dead, Christianity is true. So the time that we have left, I want to tackle that question. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Did it really happen? I want to present to you why I believe it did. This is a question. 
Did Jesus actually rise from the dead? This is a question that many people have tried to answer, Christians and skeptics alike. One of the things that's interesting to me is I've done the, the research, and I've heard this throughout, uh, you know, throughout my, my adult life, but, but specifically, man, this week, what's interesting to me is the number of atheists that set out to prove Christianity isn't true. Because if Christianity is based on an event and you can go back and prove that that event is not real, You've proven that Christianity isn't true, right? It's not based on a book. You can, you can, you know, combat the book all day long. But if you can go back and actually with scientific, philosophical, historical evidence prove that that event didn't happen, you can completely disprove Christianity. You shut the whole thing down. And what's so interesting to me is the number of atheists who set out to prove it didn't happen and end up becoming convinced it happened. Now, obviously, I'm not as smart as some of these scholars and, and, and things like that, but essentially on a, on a much smaller level, I, you know, humbly admitting that, like, I, that's what I set out to do this week. I'm going to prove that it's not real, and I'm convinced it's real. Just to name a few, J.D. Anderson, William Ramsey, Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, J. Warner Wallace, Gilbert West, Frank Morrison, all highly credited, you know, Ph.D. level degrees or, or equal, set out to disprove Christianity, and now are all apologists defending the Christian faith. 